Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonders of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's a woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's Wowie Zowie, what the flip just happened in Maui? The deep state just attacked an entire island in Hawaii. How many jumped up indictments does it take before the people realize mainstream news is fake? They've let it reach the realms of the ridiculous, but I firmly believe the white hat plan is clever and meticulous. Holy roller, put the fake Biden in a stroller, pour me a sugarcane Coca-Cola and make me world controller. What a bizarre little planet we are currently living on, people. What is going on? Direct energy weapons? Really? Could they have made it any more obvious this time? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, as always, my darlings. We try to do this, whatever it is that we do here, with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. As always, my darlings, we are rarely successful, but we are honor bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the Metaphysical Martini Show, oh God, we do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, yes, we do. In fact, let me take a sip of today's drinky poo and see if it's a sinner or a winner. Hold on, my darlings, sipping is happening. I am evaluating my cocktail concoction. Oh. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, slurpy, slurpy, slurp, slurp. That is delicious. More on that later on, but very refreshing for, for such a hot day. If you're joining us for the first time, yes, we are as mad as we sound, but be advised this show is not politically correct because we do not wish to erode the intellect. Martini heads. We are spirit-centered patriots. We know how the world works. We know who runs it. We know why, and we know how. And we are dedicated to exposing the deep state ideology and dismantling its machinery. And we strive to bring you clarity with a goodly dose of hilarity and of course a perfectly mixed cocktail. In fact, you could say that metaphysical martini is where the Holy Spirit meets top shelf distilled spirits. And hallelujah, my darlings, what a glorious union that is. If you hate America, 
this show is not for you. <laughs> Martini heads, we are committed to restoring the Republic. If you're a chronic complainer with no desire to find solutions to your problems, this show is probably not for you. But hey, man, I'm not a control freak. <laughs> feel free to listen in and feel free to disagree with every word spoken and every concept presented. It matters not to me because I'm going to say my piece and no thing and no one can make me desist and cease. That's just the way it goes. It's my show. I'll do as I please. So what are we going to do today on my show? Let's see. Um, on today's show, I think we're going to catch up with quack questions, answers and comments. We are a little behind on that and, uh, you know, not because we sat on the bacon slicer. Uh, we are a little behind because I couldn't do the podcast that was due to go out on August the 2nd as my BFF had a massive heart attack and, uh, you know, needed full time care. And, you know, BFFs come before podcasts. So she's on the mend now. She has a spiffy new pacemaker. Um, I think you've all figured out by now it's uh, Suzanne Ward of, uh, you know, Matthew Books. Um, but she's fine. And, you know, after that initial, oh my God moment, um, all is well. Life goes on. And now we have handed her care over to her family and they need to keep a close eye on her because you know what it's like when you feel just a little bit better? She's going around saying things like, I feel fine, I can have a cheeseburger. I feel fine, I can have an entire chocolate cake. I feel fine, I can just eat all the samples in Costco. No, Suzanne, you cannot. You had a massive heart attack, you silly little woman. You can't have those things, not yet anyway. So let's stick to that low sodium diet for a few weeks, shall we? and see how we go. Selective memory, my darlings. Apparently, it's a thing. And thank you to everyone who wrote to Suzanne and also wrote to me, um, wishing her well. It makes all the difference to have that support when you're going through a life-threatening situation um, in preparation for eating cheeseburgers um, for the rest of your life. What else are we going to do today besides quack? I think I'll be able to squeeze in a silly little poem and of course, we will end with the cocktail of the day. But by and large, the entire show is devoted to catching up on quack. So let's get on with the show. If you, my darlings, would like to share the musings of your minds with martini heads across the known cosmos, send your emails to me, ani at aniavadician.com or by snail mail to Cosmic Ani, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, USA. And please let me know if and how you wish to be identified, or I shall refer to you as um, Megawati Sakanaputri, or omit personal details, or something else like that. So as I shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexitaire, shaky, shaky. And, you know, I've been reading through these emails for most of the day, and I see a common theme here. I do. And it's anger. Just about every other email I have here is about anger. So it seems that people are angry and it seems that no one wants to do anything about it. So um, what have I got here? Sally from Tacoma. Hello, Sally. Um, Tacoma, Washington. She says, Ani, I don't know what to say to my husband anymore. 
He is madder than a hornet's nest about election fraud, about the cost of living, about the loss of our national identity, about the fact that his pants don't fit him anymore, and so much more. And Sally goes on to say, I have tried teaching him to breathe, breathe in, breathe out. I even taught him cowboy yoga, but he just won't settle down. I am at a loss. Sally, I say do this. Put some food in the freezer for him and go on a three-week vacation. That should calm his ass down. And cowboy yoga? Is that really a thing? That's just so exciting. I'll have to look into that. What does cowboy yoga look like? It is a bunch of cowboys, I guess. And do they like do things like, and now we're going to do the downward get along little doggy position. Um, it, I'm going to have to look that up. That's exciting. Um, what else do I have here? There's Beverly. Beverly is from High Point, um, which I believe is in North Carolina. And she says, I used to enjoy coffee mornings with my pinochle group. And I think it's pinochle. Um, and lately, but lately everyone has an axe to grind. She says, we took a short break of a couple of weeks to simmer down. And that was better for a while, but that didn't last long. And then I have something from Howard from Leeward, Kansas, um, and he wrote a great many things, um, quite the tome. But the gist of it is that he has lost many friends to what he calls sudden onset mental madness. And pretty much every email I look at has some version of anger management failure. So I think the best thing I can do is not to address all these individually and just sort of just say, guys, let's all get into a circle together and let's just talk about anger. And I'll start by saying that whether you are awake or aware or whatever you think you are, we are experiencing massive global change. And people today are being made aware of horrific abuses of power carried out by people they thought they voted for in good faith. So if it's happening globally, then of course it will affect the individual. So, you know, let's start by accepting that we are in the process of massive change and any type of transformation typically is uncomfortable. Let us remind ourselves that emotions are good intel. They tell us how we feel about something at any given time. They serve a purpose, of course they do. But once they've done that, we need to process the intel and we need to regroup and we need to start working on solutions. So being angry, I guess it may serve a purpose. It does for now. It serves a purpose for the first five minutes or so, but let's admit that staying angry really is very self-destructive. And there seems to be a whole ap epidemic of anger out there today. Um, how shall I preface this? Um, I'm reminded of a chapter from A Course in Miracles, um, that exceptionally long-winded book that basically teaches you that everything is ego programming. And if you override the ego programming and be a direct conduit of the divine, your life will be just fabulous. Um, there's a there's a section on that I quite like. Um, I Oh, yes, yes, okay, 
here it is. Because uh, I don't know the entire book off by heart, uh, strange but true. The relationship of anger to attack is obvious, but the relationship of anger to fear is not always so apparent. Anger always involves projection of separation, which must ultimately be accepted as one's own responsibility rather than being blamed on others. Anger cannot occur unless you believe that you have been attacked, that your attack is justified in return, and that you are in no way responsible for it. Given these three wholly irrational premises, the equally irrational conclusion that a brother is worthy of attack rather than of love must follow. What can be expected from insane premises ex except an insane conclusion? The way to undo an insane conclusion is to consider the sanity of the premises on which it rests. And, and this is it. From a purely God-centered spiritual, I'm paraphrasing here, um, point of view, from that vibrational vantage point, you cannot be attacked. Attack has no justification and you are responsible for what you believe, even if people put those ideas in your head when you were young, because that's the way the world works. But it is our responsibility to grow up and overcome the parts of our conditioning that have created this massively dysfunctional apology of a civilization. I remember in one of the chats that I was so honored to have truly with Commander Hatton um, and Commander Ashtar, um, I did ask, you know, you are higher beings. Do you ever get angry? And there was a pause. And not, not a pause because they didn't know how to answer. Um, there was a pause and they're, they're trying to figure out how to communicate it properly to me, given my, uh, you know, I'm not at their same level. And what it came out as, we do become frustrated from time to time. Absolute outright anger does not seem to be part of their makeup because that's an ego programming, isn't it? And it's from fear. And fear is not part of the original blueprint, is it? It's something that was written in later to distract us from um, being a pure divine conduit. And the consensus was that if humans can learn to manage and process their emotions, while we're in the upper third dimension with the fourth dimension lapping at our shores, anger could be used as a bridge to highlight how we feel about certain greater injustices. But we have to learn to process that emotion and not stay there because again, anger is one of those things that falls into itself and it creates a rabbit hole of woe for anybody who wants to stay there. So if we ask a psychologist, they would say, well, you know, I mean, anger is one of the most basic human emotions, you know, happiness, anxiety, disgust, this, that, the other. It's just a human emotion. And, you know, these emotions, um, well, you know, over human history, we can, you know, these are our basic survival skills. 
they'll say, well, you need anger because it's, you know, it's part of the fight or flight or stand still and freeze response of our sympathetic nervous system. Um, anger prepares you to fight. Um, and whether that fight is physical or mental um, is, is, is irrelevant. Um, and there might be good things about anger because, you know, that there's outrage. And if outrage is managed, then we can point out um, and motivate people into, you know, seeing injustice and changing the way that we deal with each other. Um, and, and yes, you know, I'll go along with that because I understand that if at this level of our consciousness, we can use anger to our advantage before overriding it completely. I'll go along with that. I'll, I'll say, okay, it's one of the basic human emotions. I'll do that for now. But we also have to remember that um, chronic anger, if we allow ourselves to get to that point, really damages our mental and physical health. And when we're angry, we do release these little stress hormones. And those little stress hormones, they travel on the anger vibration and they do bad things to the neurons in our brain, particularly the ones that, um, that the parts of our brain that we use for judgment and also connection of short term memory. Um, and ultimately, of course, it all weakens the immune system and none of us can afford to have a compromised immune system right now. So, you know, let's let's talk about it. OK, people, let's get warm and fuzzy about anger. We've all experienced it. I don't think there's anyone who can't say they didn't get angry about something. We all know that feeling. It, it bubbles up. It, it's maybe you get pissed off when someone cuts you off on the highway. Um, maybe you get pissed off because people don't take your advice. Maybe you get pissed off. I mean, a million and one reasons, really. Um, We've done very well at not managing anger and not managing our other negative emotions on this planet. Um, and people say, oh, Ani, it's okay to express your anger. It's sort of, um, you know, you have this sense of catharsis. And well, you know, I really don't think we do. I think anger really just feeds on itself and things get worse. And we don't truly understand why we get angry. We don't understand the roots of it. We don't understand the consequences of it. And we certainly don't understand how to manage it. Each and every one of us has to ask, you know, on an individual thing, you know, like, Ani, yes, Ani, um, what causes you to be angry? I mean, I was surprised recently because, you know, we've all been angry, but I've been years without massive outbreaks of anger. And I found myself being very angry and having an outburst um, in a hospital recently. I mean, OK, given I'm not defending myself, but I, I, I did have a dying person. I was desperately trying to get in. Um, but I reacted in a in a very uncharacteristic way to someone who said I had to wear a mask in the emergency room. And we all know that I don't wear a mask and the person I was with does not wear a mask. So, you know, I, I was surprised, but the per I was surprised at my own outburst. But the person who was dealing with me met me with such perfect kindness and professionalism. Um, intensity and duration, I'd say, 30 seconds and I was back to being the darling little graceful bunny that you all know and love. So each of us have to look at what triggers us. We have to all of us, you know, do an individual appraisal of, you know, why am I getting angry here? 
what are our triggers? And we do need to look at our own personalities for that as well. You know, if you're a narcissist, for example, and there's a lot a lot of them about, a great many of them about today, we are manufacturing narcissism like there, like there's no tomorrow, like it's going out of style. Um, everything's going to piss you off because you think you're the center of your world. I found in my life that people who are extremely competitive um, are always on edge. And so jumping from, okay, I'm anxious about getting this right, and then jumping from that to anger, it's a very short jump. Uh, and then there are people who, uh, I guess, just have a low tolerance for anybody's opinion but their own, um, a low tolerance for frustration, perhaps. And um, we each of us, you know, that's bad parenting, by the way, um, as most things are. Each of us has to look, you know, what gets us into that I'm about to be angry thing. People that are always anxious or people that are exhausted, it's, it's a very short trip for them to be angry as well. Uh, psychologists call this cognitive appraisal. Um, when we appraise the situation as anger worthy, you know, I can blame somebody for this. I can justify this or I can say it's not justified. Oh, this person needs to have his, his head kicked in or whatever, you know. Each of us has to look at our own selves and say, why do I get angry? Why do I get mad? What is it serving or is it just some sort of programming? Yeah. Let's take a look at our triggers. That's the thing we need to do. Why do we get angry when someone cuts us off on the highway? You know, um, okay, we may get angry. There could be a million and one reasons for that. For example, I need to pee and I need to drive to the rest stop as quickly as possible. And everybody's got their own version of that. But why do we take it personally? People say, oh my God, I got so mad. That guy in the Pontiac, he cut me off. He cut me off. How dare he? He had it in for me. Like, he doesn't know who the hell you are. Out of 8 billion people driving their Pontiacs or whatever all, all across Christendom, he doesn't know who you are. Why do you take it personally? But chances are we've seen our parents do the same thing, take these things personally, and they just go into our programming bank somehow. And here's the other thing on that. I go, no, why are you getting so mad? Because he cut me off. So you're mad because he cut you off. Yes. So what you're actually saying is you're implying that that event of him cutting you off caused your anger directly. And there were no other mitigating factors, right? No other mitigating factors. But that's not true, is it? That can't be true. Because if that was true, every single person would react to the same thing in the same way. So we are all insulted in different ways for different reasons, and we have to look into our personal makeup for that. So people look deep within. What are the elements that cause your anger? Refine your personality. Stop taking things personally. You know, um, take a look at the joy that you're missing out on in life because you choose to for some reason, you think that everything needs your reaction. Everything needs your energy. Everything needs your attention. That's how we think. 
And I, I can go into great detail about how we've been trained to think that way, but I think we've already realized that. Why are we so irritated by other people? Just because they're not us. They don't do things the way we want to do things. Um, that's the sort of thing we have to look at. So if we find ourselves getting really angry, let's have a little exercise where we appraise the situation. Why am I angry? You know, I'm, I get carded. I'm 64. I get carded whenever I buy liquor. I, I, it used to irritate me in the beginning because clearly I'm over 21. I mean, I'm youthful and gorgeous and beautiful, but clearly I'm over 21. And I used to get really irritable about it. And I thought, why? This is what they have to do. Just bloody well do it, you know. Um, I don't know. You know, I, and I know people, and I can shrug stuff off now. That's the best. You know, we always say intensity and duration. That's how, know, that's how you know how well you're doing in life. When you react to something in an outburst, but you calm down very, very quickly. Because I don't think we're ever going to get to a place where we're never going to be angry on some level and frustrated on some level. But we've got to shake it off. We've got to shrug it off. Don't stay with it. There are people that might go home after being carded in the store and go, how dare they card me? They're insulting me. They're mocking me. Clearly, I'm over 21. And then they would talk about it and talk about it to other people and then go to bed thinking, my God, I was insulted today by being carded. Um, you know, and it sounds silly, but we do that, don't we? We really do. Mm. So we should take a look at that. We should take a look at that and, and see what it is exactly that makes us as angry as we are. Now, you go and sit in on some anger management classes, which I have done, not because I'm angry, because I, I arbitrate, <laughs> because I arbitrate. Um, and I don't do them anymore because, gosh darn it, I've been doing this job for 40 years and I don't need to sit in a room full of angry people anymore. But you come across certain personality traits in people. And you can tell pretty much after a while who's going to be triggered and who's going to be able to manage their, um, you know, manage their triggers and process their emotions. Uh, there was, you know, I was reading psychology today and I read all these psychology magazines, fabulous stuff. Um, so they say that research suggests that the tendency to become angry is associated with high neuroticism and low agreeableness. I love that. So if you're highly neurotic, you're going to be angry very quickly, obviously. But also if you have low agreeableness, I love that. Um, so if you're not a nice person, if you're a crabby little patty, of course you're going to have a shorter fuse. Um, what do they say are the top five? They say entitlement. You know, if you're someone who believes that you are superior to other people in many ways and that your rights and privileges are superior to other people, uh, that's you're going to see that people are being treated um, in a way that you don't think are going to be, you know, they deserve to be treated. So people who are entitled to get angry, of course, that's a character flaw. We should all work on that. Um, focusing things out of one's personal control. That's why we study the Stoics, people. What can we control? Our thoughts, our reactions, and our actions. So I deal with people who have been married for a very long, you know, very long time, and they'll say, my husband's behavior has bothered me for 25 years. Um, you know, 
and it's really driving me crazy. Uh, well, you can't really expect someone to take you seriously if you haven't had a conversation with your partner about what is driving you crazy. Don't focus on things that are outside of your control. If things annoy you, find a way to talk it out. Um, then there are the people, they call it external regulation of emotions. People trying to regulate their emotions by controlling one's environment. We all do that to a certain extent. We all want a clean, tidy desk. We all want things in a certain way. But then we always meet somebody in the office, don't we, who can't be too close to the toilet or can't be too close to the photocopier um, or can't be too close to that person or needs to be in the southwest corner of the cubicle. Um, in other words, we are giving our power away to outside sources. We're, you know, we're saying we can only be comfortable if everything around me is to my liking. And that is ass backwards. That's not the way life works. So no wonder you have problems. Um, and then the other thing is the people who have what they call in psychology the external locus of control. But really what that means is people who feel that they have very little control over their lives and they're controlled by sources outside of themselves. Again, that's taking power away from your innate divinity and your cosmic marvelousness and saying that, oh, my God, I don't have a lot of power within me. Oh, you know, that, that again, that's us backwards. Uh, what is number? I don't, I don't know what number I'm on. It doesn't matter. Um, people who refuse to see other people's perspectives or listen, at least listen to other people's perspectives because they view those different perspectives as threats, perhaps to their indoctrination, their conditioning, their belief system. We're seeing that all around us today, aren't we? People hear something on the news, and this is at its, at its basest form. They hear something on the news, they choose to believe it, and without doing any investigation at all, that is now their perspective, and they're going to go to war with anybody else who has a different perspective. And it's not just the people who are not awake and aware who do that. Those of us who know how the world works um, do it as well because we have known how the world works for many, many years and we are not interested in listening to other people's versions of, uh, you know, of why we are wrong. Okay? Now, and I get that, believe me, there's only so many hours in the day, but once in a while, we could relax and just listen to someone. And you're not going to change your mind, probably, especially if you're coming from the point of truth. But it is interesting to figure out exactly how people came to the conclusions that they came to. So just a little hint there for people who are awake and aware. Uh, don't be completely closed minded. There's, we are in a misinformation war, and I think many of you are going to be a little bit surprised at all the things that the white hats have kept from you. Um, and then, of course, there's what do they call low tolerance for discomfort. Well, OK, again, that's bad parenting. You know, we don't like to be uncomfortable, but change is transformative. Transformation is typically uncomfortable. 
People who don't like gray areas, they tend to anger quickly. I remember we had debating societies um, when I was in school and uh, earlier part of college. You, you know, we didn't we didn't go in to argue with each other to win. We went to exchange ideas uh, ostensibly for the expansion of consciousness. Okay. Um, and in a debate, there are a great many gray areas. If people are uncomfortable with that, they're massively insecure. So um, that's if you're uncomfortable with debate and sorting things out until you come to a conclusion, your brain is going to short circuit and take a short cut every single time. And today I think we've seen we are very focused, hyper-focused, you could say, on blaming everyone for everything. You know, before this COVID pandemic BS started, or when it just started, we already had a population that was unnerved via Trump derangement syndrome, which is a greater way of saying people were awakening, truths were being exposed. And they didn't know who to, they were all angry, but they didn't know who to blame. Well, they got to blame Trump. Then they got to blame COVID and then they got to blame the people who wouldn't wear the masks and blah, blah, blah. And the people who wouldn't wear the masks got to blame the people who would, you know, see what I'm saying? See where I'm going with this. Um, and on the very lowest rung of this lift list, according to these particular psychologists, um, a fragile ego, which makes me laugh because that shouldn't be the bottom. That should be on the very top of the list and it runs through every single thing on the list. So, okay, we'll accept that anger is a core emotion and different people express it differently. There's moral outrage, there's personal insults. And let's remember again that anger is the feeling that you are attacked in some way. If you're a child of the divine, a spirit-centered, individualized manifestation of cosmic creation, you cannot perceive an attack because you are divine and the divine overrides all threats. And threats are not threatening to a divinely centered being. Sure, we can get annoyed out of the many frustrations of life, Many, many things, uh, you know, annoy us. I mean, if you stub your toe on a big table, you're going to be angry for a moment and screaming out in pain and bad words are going to come out of you. But then you put some ice on your toe, have a glass of water and, you know, you're calm again. There's this thing with anthropologists and psychologists. They, they, they say that, you know, anger is something that we've used over the years to... Um, to show our dominance in our tribe. We intimidate and we appear strong. And we manipulate and we appear clever. And we do many, many things to control each other. Mm. I think we've got to a stage where our temper tantrums really are not justified because they are ridiculous. I do get that if our needs are not fulfilled or we're not being heard, we will occasionally have an outburst. But then you've got to stop. You burst out. Now breathe and let's find a solution. 
And people are always telling me, oh, God, it felt good to scream and shout at that person. Did it really? Did it really? I mean, for a moment, maybe. But again, it's not you that's shouting back at that person, is it? It's the ego programming that's shouting back at that person. So no, it doesn't make you feel better. It feeds the ego and it makes the ego feel better and it gets stronger. Virtue signaling people, what we used to call moral grandstanding in the day, we're seeing that all around us now. People putting each other down for so many different reasons. Um, and again, you know, anthropologists will say, or psychologists will say, you know, we, we do this to improve our social standing within our within our communicator uh, within our communities. We have to express the outrage. Um, it you know elevates our status somewhat, etc. Um, but you know what? It doesn't feel good. You may think it feels good. It does not feel good. You know, it is a it is a negative emotional state. It's not a good place to be when you find yourself there regroup and figure out how you got there and find a way not to go there anymore. If you're on social media, you're going to see all of these things. Moral injustice, uh, anger, outbursts, mean-spiritedness, outright rudeness, trolling, all of that. It's pretty much become a part of our everyday life. Um, social media is saturated with stupidity, and um, misplaced outrage. There's a lot of blaming each other right now and feeding the anger. What was the meme that said, people are getting far too comfortable insulting each other on social media? Because if you were in the same room and someone punched you in the face, you would shut up and you would go, oops, maybe I shouldn't have got that angry in the first place, you know? So let's just take a look at that. Let's take a look at why we are outraged on uh, So look, I'm not saying it's not a bad thing to be outraged. It can serve a purpose. I look, we have a society now that is asleep, that is waking up rapidly, and they are outraged because adrenochrome. They're outraged because child trafficking. They are outraged because they figured out why Uncle Bob didn't want to be alone with this Catholic priest. They are outraged because of Ukraine, because of money laundering. They are outraged for a million and one different reasons. That initial outrage, definitely allow it. You have identified something that makes you feel a certain way. So you've gathered, you've gathered the intel. Now breathe and go, okay, wow, I've got to process this. I've got to chill out with this. And when I'm calm and stable, let me see what my contribution to alleviating these problems in the world could be. What would that look like? Yeah. It's very frustrating just to go around listening to people being angry all the time and offering absolutely no solution to any of it. Um, hmm. Where else do I want to go with this? Um, happiness. I want to talk about happiness. I want to talk about happiness. Um, is it more complex than we think it is? Why have humans made happiness such a complex thing? Why? 
everyone is like, I, I need this to be happy. I need that to be happy. I'm not happy. I can't find happiness. That made me unhappy. How did we get to this point? I mean, back in the day, if someone had enough food to eat and enough water to drink, um, wow, and some shelter, fantastic, you know? Our life has become very materialistic and we have taken our happiness should come from knowing that we are divine. Our happiness should come from knowing that we are cosmic beings, unlimited, eternal, magnificent, crazy. And in a universe filled with wonders, we have created boredom, apathy, unhappiness. We're relying on other things, other people to make us happy. And all of that deep down is by design because it distracts you from the fact that just knowing what you are, just knowing your true nature and the eternal unlimited potential of your being, just knowing that should fill you with so much awe that you should be brimming, brimming with joy, my darlings. But we've complicated happiness. It's really very, very silly. And here we are, all of us sitting around trying to figure out what is going on in the world. And all of us are angry. Now, in my line of work, I am called upon to deal with things that your common or garden variety psychologist won't do. And by that, I mean paranormal stuff, weird stuff, dark stuff. One of the reasons I'm very invested in people learning not to be angry is the place that it takes them to. I've dealt with many people in my life who have these dreadful revenge fantasies. Now, what is revenge? Why would you want revenge on someone? Well, you feel that you're personally attacked. Of course, we get that. You feel you've been let down. You feel you've been victimized. You feel, oh, you need to fight back. It's justified. And what you are is bitter. You're a very bitter person. You have allowed the vengeful thoughts to give you the power back that you thought you lost when you took someone's actions or insults personally. That's how I see it. But these revenge thoughts, some of them are really horrible and dreadful. And I've said many times that when you develop a victim mentality, that's when the energies, the assorted energy parasites, etc., that we call low-level demonic beings, demons don't exist, but you know what I mean, these things pour into the ego and they keep you in that dank, dark place. And many a serial killer has started out with these revenge fantasies. So if you are somebody who has been traumatized, victimized, please get help, get counseling. If you have PTSD, please get help, get counseling. Don't allow the ego to open a portal to hell in your sacred little being. And one of my favorite sayings when I teach A Course in Miracles is carry no grievance. And that means don't hold a grudge. Now, we were always told at school, forgive and forget. And then we were also told forgive, but don't forget. We were told many different well-intentioned things. Um, uh, most of it not explained properly to us, which is why we're in the state of the world that we are today. But again, holding a grudge 
it's an attack. You feel you've been attacked and you're internalizing that attack rather than dealing with it, shrugging it off. You internalize it. It is now a satellite of woe in your aura and in your body. And so rather than it being in the past, it is happening. It is happening 24 seven in your being. And if it's happening, it is attracting because like attracts like. And you're in a rut now, a world of woe, of grudges and grievances. Mm. We teach people when they are in this mindset to stop focusing on the person that caused the grievance and to shift somehow to the actual event itself and listen to their narrative and then have them explain it from the other person's point of view. I find that quite helpful, painful for the people, but we're never going to get better. Be be better? Yes, we like better, but we're never going to get better if we don't engage in that uh, little thing called self-honesty. Because you cannot allow yourself to be chronically angry. You cannot allow yourself to be continually angry. When we become angry, what happens to the aura? Whoosh, a surge of energy. Where is my drink? Oh, it's so hot in here, hang on. Mm. Mm. This glass was full of chunks of ice. Mm. It is completely melted now. Oh dear, never mind. So consequences of our anger. You get angry, whoosh, your energy stream goes bananas. And then you've got chemicals, because we are a pool of chemicals, aren't we, in a meat body. Chemicals everywhere, boo, adrenaline, boo, bloodstream's going mad with all this stuff. And your heart's going boom, buddy, boom, buddy, boom, buddy, boom, buddy, boom, buddy, boom, buddy, boom, 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 boom. And your blood flow's increasing and, and your, your little Muscles in your buttocks are all tight and your shoulders are all whoa, squiffy and tense. And guess what you're doing to your immune system? Guess what you're doing to your cardiovascular system? Guess what you are doing to your entire being? In addition to that, of course, you're screwing up relationships at home, with your family, with your friends, at work. And if you get really angry and do bad things as a result of that, you're going to have legal problems and you don't want legal problems, and then you're going to have financial problems. Um, please learn to think clearly, because when you are angry, you cannot think clearly. Use the analogy of you cannot see your reflection in water that is being agitated, that's boiling and bubbling. But you can see your reflection in a cool, calm pool of water that has not been disturbed. And also, there is a let's not dismiss the fact that what you eat and drink can affect your mood. Managing anger. It is an emotion. How do we monitor it? Like we monitor everything else, darlings, simple self-awareness. Be aware. Catch yourself. Go, oh, wow, I really lost my shit. Let me be kind to yourself. Never speak negatively about yourself, not even in jest. Be kind to yourself and go into the self-awareness mode. Replay it. Be an observer in that situation. What were my triggers? How did I react? What did I say? What did I do? Okay, what came before that? Why? That's not. If it's not typical of you to have such an outburst, take a look at what you did that day that might have exacerbated and triggered 
that situation. We have to be our own therapists. Make sure you get enough sleep. Most people with anger are sleep deprived. If you are sleep deprived, you cannot control angry impulses. Be open to other people's point of view. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Just be open to it. Just nod your head and go, I accept that you're an idiot. And that's fine. You're entitled. Learn to do some meditation. Learn to do some deep breathing. My God, we go on and on and on about deep breathing, using the diaphragm. And people look at us and go, no, 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 Arnie, I'm paying you for solutions, not for deep breathing. Guess what happens if you stop breathing? You die. Breath is magic. Don't let people convince you that venting your anger is a good thing. It's not. But do also understand that it is okay. You are going to get mad and angry once in a while. Sometimes we are treated very unfairly. Sometimes we are wronged. Sometimes we are provoked. But are you being assertive in your reaction and response? Or are you being aggressive? Because if you're meeting anger with anger, then you might as well just pour gasoline over both of you and the whole situation and everything around you. Assertive, not aggressive. That is what we want. And for heaven's sake, don't let yourself walk into situations you know are going to trigger you. Stop that. Just don't talk to that person that annoys you and brings out the worst in you. But it's my husband. Well, why are you married to someone who annoys you and work brings out the worst in you? People, get a grip. Yeah. Figure out the root of your problem. And then be assertive and be solutions oriented. God, I hate that corporate language, but, you know, I'm going to speak it from time to time. Just reframe the situation. You don't need to get mad. Whether it's justified or not. Just stay calm, don't get personal, and if a positive resolution isn't going to happen, walk away. It's okay to walk away. Don't let your pride, they, they might go, eh, you can't argue with me, I'm right, you're wrong. Who cares? Why would you care about the opinion of somebody that you are actually walking away from? Nothing is more important than your spiritual alignment, your own peace of mind and do not put up with chronic anger and abuse especially in your own family or in your close tribe i'm dealing with a situation in my own family where a female in my opinion enabled a very aggressive and abusive man um, and put up with this sort of behavior for a very very long time and now finally has seen sense after decades and had to leave her own house and be under police protection and get a restraining order and get an eviction order, all because they felt they had to deal with this. They had to put up with this somehow because it's family. That is deeply and profoundly dysfunctional. Honor yourselves before others. You can serve the world best, not with this false sense of medieval martyrdom and sacrifice, but you can serve the world by self-actualizing, self-realizing, and being that oasis of light yourself. None of this, I must suffer like Christ suffered. Get off that train. It's going to be derailed anyway with all the other trains that are being derailed right now. 
So that's pretty much all I have to say about anger. Actually, I have a lot to say about anger, but I'm not going to say anymore because it might make me angry. What I'd like to do is have a sip of my drinky poo. Excuse me. Mm. Oh, excuse me. I just dribbled. Oh, dear. Thank God this is not uh, one of those video things. I wrote a little poem the other day. I know, I know, I never write poems, right? But I wrote a little poem the other day as I was sitting, um, sorting through all of the 7,000 million posts on my Telegram group. And I was thinking about all of these ridiculous indictments that uh, they're giving Big Daddy T at the moment. And I felt a tremendous sense of calm come over me because I know that we are going to take the long road because this is a pivotal moment in our civilization's history. I know that all the I's have to be dotted and all the T's have to be crossed. And I know that when this particular era is etched in the annals of history, we have to be seen to have done everything the right way so that we can honorably ascend into a fourth dimensional consciousness. And while everybody else, uh, not everybody else, but most other people in the group are going, oh my God, what are they going to indict him for next? They're going to indict him for wiping his ass with this, or what are they going to indict? Or, or for, for smiling, you know? And I thought to myself, no. Honestly, nothing can stop what's coming. And so I'm going to call this little poem that I wrote, Indicted We Stand. Here we go. He's not worried about the indictments. It's very much part of the plan. There is more than a touch of excitement as he plans the demise of the man. The forces of darkness have gathered and prepared to destroy humankind. They soon will be tarred and be feathered, arrested, maligned and confined. We are sovereign, not slaves to the system. Our lives, we shall live as we please. Screw their rules, we shall live by our wisdom. They are frightened. I can smell their unease. Ah, that's just how I felt, and this is how I feel now. Very calm, knowing that we are at the point, I believe, is the end of the beginning. So as you negotiate this world of mayhem and misinformation, know that there is only one source energy from which all things come, and all of those manifestations of source energy have their own adventures. And no one gives you a handbook, so some people get lost on that adventure. They get dark, and they get dirty, and they get afraid. There's billions of life forms, trillions, What's the biggest number? Is it a Google? Googly wooglies of beings all over the cosmos, each of them trying to make sense of what is and what isn't. Do not be downhearted. Do not be distraught. Do not fuel the fire of insanity. We are on track. The white hats know what they're doing. Because if there was any danger that it would go any other way, why would Trump go through this? Why would the White Hats ask him to go through this? He just quit. He's got money. He's got a hot wife and he's got a hot life. No, there is a greater karmic 
purpose on all of this. And if he's calm, I'm calm. Well, a quick reminder, if you would like to join my Telegram group, and why wouldn't you? It is a place for spirit-centered patriots, martini heads, people who love America and want to restore the Republic. Um, it is Ani, Mad Shaman Avidician Chat on Telegram. Or you can drop me an email, I can send you an invitation, although it is a public group. And if you want to join my Course in Miracles group, just go to my website, arniavidician.com, read the blurb, send me an email and join the group. We're making some fabulous headway in that group. We've all come a long way and this is our second year and we're all very, very excited um, about the fact that we're learning to manage our anger, which is no easy feat in today's world. So darlings, we are coming up to the end of the show today. Let me finish my drink, um, which was lovely, by the way. I'm going to tell you all about it in a moment. Hold on. Mm. Mm. That was absolutely yummomatic. But I have finished my drink, and that always means the end of the show. And I do hope you enjoyed listening in, because, you know, I certainly enjoyed recording it. And if you didn't enjoy it, you have lost a whole hour of your life that you're never going to get back. Today's real-life cocktail was called Texas ranch water. It's from East Texas and here's how you make it. Three ounces of your favorite tequila. I use Hornitas. One and a half ounces of fresh lime juice. Fresh. And then you need um, a club. Uh, you need a club soda, not seltzer. A club soda. They use something called Topo Chico in Texas. And then you get a fresh lime wedge for garnish. Get a glass, any glass, a tall glass. Fill it with ice. Add the tequila. Add the fresh lime juice, top it up with your Topo Chico or your other club soda, give it a bit of a swirl, put a lime wedge in it, and it's sort of like a skinny margarita. It is delicious um, without the sweetness. But remember, folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one big, big, big drink is all you need. With thanks to Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, for their generous sponsorship. I'm Ani, mad as the day is long, Abadician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, darlings, remember, God can only do for us what God can do through us. So stand up for your rights and let's topple the odious oligarchy of the current puppet administration. But above all, sweet things. Let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani Alpatisian, The Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com.